Assalamu alaikum. Invite endless blessings into your home. Please subscribe now. The button below. Anybody have any questions on on emailing us? Please help me at nurmuhammad.com. Inshaallah, email us. Be patient because lots of emails. Try to build the relationship. Everyone asking for nazar and, and, and du'as, alhamdulillah that ask and build that relationship, make that communication so that you feel a familiarity with the tariqah, with the shaykhs, that you feel that they know you, you're under guidance and give your support so that you can receive support. This is a two-way relationship, not that you just want everything but that you have to also give and support in that way inshaAllah. <coughs> As Salaamu Sayyidi, excuse us for our ignorance, <coughs> uh, kindly emphasize in what you explained about the lighting up of the two noons of insan. How does the heart become the sun? How is it illuminated? Shukran Sayyidi. InshaAllah. <laughs> those are deep, those are like a whole another hour talk inshaAllah, a 30 minute talk inshaAllah it's illuminated by good actions and love and muhabbat. That Allah's nar and fire to be ignited within the heart, empty your mind. So what we talked about today was a different version of understanding that. Means that you have to open the heart, Allah's location for qudra and power is in the heart. And at the same time empty your head. The more you can empty your head and not use your head with them and on your path, use your head for work. When your head becomes empty it's now understanding the moon. When your heart becomes filled with love and Divinely fire where you're burning that when you have a fire of anger because you don't understand fire of love until you find somebody who's fiery angry and boy you get a good understanding of what that means. Have you ever met a fiery angry person? The minute they get angry they're red, they look like Mars, just red, angry, fiery. That then is isharat, they're able to ignite with their qadab, their whole being becomes red from fire. Then Allah point out that that, put that into your heart, ignite your heart like that. So that you don't get angry on the outside and that you're not controllable with your anger but you learn to control it. Doesn't mean the emotion doesn't come but you learn to control it and control it and control it until it begin to enter into the heart. And Allah will spark the heart. When the servant controlling, controlling, controlling Allah will reverse it, قُلْ يَنَّهْرُكُنِي بَعْدًا وَسَلَامًا عَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمٍ When Allah grant that gift that this fire not to burn you but will put this fire as a himma within your heart, that servant becomes lit. When the servant is lit they are continuously heated, their energy heats up when emotions come. Happiness and sadness, they're all heated because their emotion is now emanating from the heart. That becomes the heart is now becoming like a shams. And there are stages of 
stars. These are stars, the suns. There's a stage for every star and the birth of a star. So all of those that we see on the horizon is actually happening within insan. So when you study the reality of stars, it's not the outside, Allah only gave the illusion of the outside for you to know the inside. How is a star born? What's happening with its energies? What is it consuming to create that fire? Then we begin to understand the depth of that reality. When the star is lit and the heart is lit, the energy and the power that it begins and that's why we say, Shamsun Narun wa Qamarun Nurun, huh? the, the sun we say Nar and Qamar is Nur, that's why you say Nahar, your, your lunch? Yeah, you say fire time. <laughs> We don't have the same words they have because we, we were talking always from reality, our world. We say it's nahar, nahar time means fiery time. Why? Because the sun was at its highest point. So it means all this was known to us, the nation began to forget it. That the sun is the, is the nar, is the fire. And the moon is merely its reflection. So what you got in your heart reflects to your face. If you have light in your heart, your face is illuminated. If you have darkness in your face, darkness in your heart, your face is darkened. And it also will like a black hole take everyone's light. A darkened heart is like a black hole will suck out the light of people's face. That's why some people very heavy to be around because of the darkness within their heart. <clears throat> yes sir. Um, Sayyidi, is it important for the person who is back home in Pakistan and has bayat with the Naqshbandiya to attend the live zikr or they can watch the recorded live zikr if they're unable to attend the live method? <clears throat> yeah, no problem with the time difference and Allah doesn't want a difficulty on anything. You can watch it at a later time based on the time that you wake up and get up and in the time that you do your practice, it's not a difficulty. To watch the zikrs, watch the mafils, then to uh, listen to the talks at any time that you want then no problem. You can make it as more powerful as possible by sitting and meditating at that time, find a time in which you want to listen that nobody's going to disturb you, get your nice uh, headphones and sort of veil off the room so that there's no disturbance and take yourself into that majlis. That where you see the shaykh is sitting, see yourself sitting there in his presence when you're listening and that you're doing the zikr in that presence inshaAllah. And that's your training on tafakkur and meditation. So all of this training is going to be used all the time. So when you sit and practice and practice you use it all the time that every time you hear a talk, I want to see myself right there because in reality the souls of all those whom are listening are always present in the presence of the shaykh. So as soon as the talks begin all the souls have to be present to hear the talk. Where their bodies are they don't really matter. Because the talk is addressed to the soul. 
Later the souls of each person can send an email to their body that come and take a listen. But they address to Malakut, not to the mulk, inshaAllah. Sayyidi, two similar questions. Um, from an energy point of view, can we pray salah in our house's backyard? And someone else asking if we can pray salah in our sleeping room. You Allah said, I made the whole world to be masjid. So whatever is halal is halal and whatever haram is haram. That was easy. <laughs> Someone else asking, um, Sidi, how to become a fakir to kill this nafs? <laughs> That's good. Continue watching. <laughs> Our whole life's journey is to how to, to, to come against the bad characteristics and this is a whole lifelong process. That was the whole talk tonight on how to, to do everything, how to come against the bad characteristics and, and how to, to do what Allah wants us to do and how to do the salawats, how to do the zikr, how to do the awrads, all of, all of this is an entire package. That's why when people begin to email specific, I want to know this, 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 this is like anything else. You have to come in and learn all the basics. How to do the meditation, how to understand the energy, how to practice with the energy, how to do your wudu, how to do all of the basic understandings and then you can understand all the different levels. If you don't do the basics then what's the purpose of understanding beyond that? So then the email that will first go out on anyone asking basic questions until we, we see that they, they know the system and that they're doing and operating within that system, then you go to the next level. Otherwise, how do I do this, how do I do that? But they don't understand even the energy of wudu. So we have to go all through the basics at all times, that becomes the foundation of all our practices. So that becomes important. Anything that Prophet brought to us, it's haqqaiq and it's realities. So wudu is the foundation of everything. If we're going to understand energy and, and the bringing of positive energy and the washing of negative energy then you have to be strong on the understanding of wudu, how to do the wudu, how to keep the wudu and how that wudu washes away every type of negativity. If you don't understand that any, anything subsequent after that becomes irrelevant. So then why address that unless you go to the wudu first? Salaamu Sayyidi, Jummah Mubarak. Jummah Mubarak. How to submit our will to Allah Most High? How we know we are submitting our will in a day-to-day -day life? And someone else asking, how do you know if the inspirations are coming from uh, your nafs or coming from the shaykh? How to submit our will to the will of Allah Well I think, didn't we describe the whole thing in the talk? Did that become after the talk or before no, the talk? Before. Huh? That came before the yeah. talk, there we go. The talk was for you. You can't do the talk over. And then what was the last one? And then how do you know if the inspirations are coming from the shaykh or from the nafs? Inspiration from the shaykh? Don't pay attention to inspirations from the shaykh, You're, that level is, is a very high level. What you have to understand is the inspiration is all from you. 
Now is it ruhani or nafsani? Not inspiration from the shaykh, nobody's reached the level to communicate with the shaykhs, that's at a severe pounding and, and crushing reality. So everything now is, I'm going to hear myself. So the first step of tafakkur is I'm going to connect to find the reality within my heart. Well who's there in my heart is me. Allah wants my bad character to go so that I can actually listen to my higher self what coordinates it's sending to me as correct inspirations. So then if it's nafsani then we understand it's nafsani is anything that makes your nafs to feel better. So I'm inspired to tell this other person they're praying wrong. I'm inspired to tell the neighbor they're doing this wrong because it makes the nafs happy to tell everybody you're good and everybody's bad. So ask yourself, is this my nafs or this is my soul? Soul is if it's hard against you and your nafs. Inspiration, you should pray hundred rakah right now. Nobody listens to that. You should give right away, you should pick up that trash that you just walked past. So the soul and inspirations are very hard for people to follow and they ignore them. The nafsani, they always want to talk and correct and do something to someone else or something that is pleasing to yourself and that, that's where the danger. And if you're under guidance and you're going to make a big choice and you think you're just going to listen to yourself and make that choice, big boo-boo, big error. You're supposed to email and communicate directly to the shaykh right before you jump out a window. Most people are going to make big life choices and they're not going to consult with anyone. Why? Because they didn't want anyone's opinion. So then that's nafsani. So big, big choices, say, I'm getting this feeling, I'm about to do this, I want to make this choice. They don't want to hear what the shaykh has to say. But you know, why, what color paint I should paint the walls, you know, I want to go do this. You know, things, those things, yeah, they want to ask everything. But the big questions, they don't want an answer from the shaykh. And those are the ones that are important to make sure that you're getting correct guidance and not listening to the whisperings of your heart and or your mind, inshaAllah. So, do we need to have a living shaykh at all time? Unless you can communicate with the ones who passed. The whole concept of the shaykh is what we described. Imagine a world in which you just listen to yourself. So we just described the whole practice was, I wanted to surrender my will. I, then these new age people say, oh have life spirits, you mean jinn. Um, these life spirits are telling me what to do, oh, you don't even know what they look like, more or less are they good or bad. Because they can appear as anything they want is good, they can show themselves with beatific lights and it could be something very nefarious because it has the ability to show itself however it wants. So you never listen to those types of creatures, never listen to any type of inspiration like that. That's why we just explained that whole process. And when you're on a path and all these things are coming to you, what Allah wanted, hold tight, hold the hand of these guides so that they can understand and give your coordinates left and right and make sure that you're choosing the correct coordinates. 
So that to traverse the minefield of the, the world of, of imagination where you just live in imaginal world which now is the new age movement of self-help. You can't do self-surgery, you can't do self-correction because nobody will come against their self. And at the same time you can't do self-guidance because you're not going to make the hard choices and the right decisions. You're going to choose whatever is best for your nafs. And then it can become very sneaky. We said before there can be 10 men in a masjid. How the nafs and shaitan come together, we'll give an example from something, what is it, meritous, something that you think to be beatific. Ten men are sitting in a masjid and, I'm going to be president. No, no I'm president, okay. Next day his shaitan comes to his nafs and inspire within him, why you don't make your own masjid? He says, what? Yeah. Make your own masjid and all of a sudden he says, yeah I should do that. And he tells these ten guys, five of them, let's make our own masjid. But we have a masjid. He said, no, we make our own masjid. And they go next door and they make their own masjid. You now took ten people, made them five people, then you'll make them one people, two people. Before you know it you have ten mosques with one man sitting in each one. Because they can't get along and then they're disagreeing. So wasn't that he fooled you to go to a nightclub but he'll fool you in what you believe to be meritous deeds, good deeds which are all nafsani deeds that why you have to make another masjid right down the block when the jamil should be huge, when everyone comes to one. Well but maybe because they make money, maybe they want authority, maybe they want to be a president, maybe they want something from it. So as a result they keep breaking. If they're twenty literally they'll be ten and ten. Then those two will fight, then they become five and five. And before you know it they say, well it's great to have masjids everywhere. Yeah but they're not really masjids, they're like apartments somewhere and there's only like two guys sitting in there. When they're not coming anymore together and joining each other. So it means in good deeds shaitan will fool us. And that's how traverse and dangerous this road is. With guidance a guide would come and say, maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you should fight against your desire and do the following thing, inshaAllah. As Alaikum Sayyidi, please forgive my ignorance but can we pray for the souls of dead non-Muslim? You can pray for the soul of everyone. That to pray for everyone that Allah dress them, bless them and guide them in the grave. That we don't know how many people passed away and whom Allah guided and what Allah guided on their last breath. We know in the Qur'an that when Pharaoh was dying he was taking the shahada and Sayyidina Jibreel got upset with him because of the fitna that he, ca- he caused. And when he was saying, La Allah Musa Rasul and Sayyidina Jibreel put dirt in his mouth so he wouldn't complete. And Allah wasn't pleased with that. So yes, we don't know when somebody is taking their last breath, what has come to them in the seven last breaths of that insan. You don't know if they died with Islam, what Allah dressed them with, forgave them with. So since we are not the judge of Allah's creation, then we pray for all of humanity. Those whom accepted the message of Islam 
and those who have not yet accepted the message of Islam. We pray that Allah guide all of humanity towards that gift. If you have something good you want it for everyone. Um, Sayyidi, can you speak about how our negative emotions like fear and anger are actually opportunities to transmute into presence? Hmm? That's more like a statement than a question. <laughs> opportunities. Yeah, how, how, do, how, how can you do fear and anything <laughs> into… Huh? Inshallah. Yeah, what was that? How, how do you tra transfer fear and what? Can the shaykh speak about how our negative emotions like fear and anger are actually opportunities to transmute into presence? I don't know, maybe they're able to use fear and anger to enter into the presence of… that's… that's above my understanding inshaAllah. Subhana rabbika rabbal izzati amma yasifoon wa salaamun al mursaleen Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa hurmati Muhammad al-Mustafa wa bi siri Surat al-Fatiha Click the link now to subscribe.